Hi, everybody. This is Dan Walker. Welcome to another edition of U.S. Law Radio. In the last few years, strict government enforcement of corporate compliance regulations has become an unavoidable and expensive reality for companies in the U.S., And despite the fact that the majority of U.S. companies are conducting their business without violating any laws, companies need to always be alert about corporate compliance. U.S. law member Kevin DeVore is the chair of the government regulation white-collar crime defense practice at Larson King in St. Paul, Minnesota, and he's here to explain. Kevin, welcome into U.S. Law Radio. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Kevin, can you set the table for us? Corporate compliance is very important right now, but tell us why. Corporate compliance has actually been around for decades. It's just that of late, the Department of Justice has decided, obviously with the economic downturn of the late 2000s, to put corporations a bit more under the microscope. The recent uh, adoption of the Dodd-Frank Act, increased enforcement of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, the newly adopted UK Bribery Act, and the Bank Secrecy Act. These are certain acts that are in place to basically hold corporations, banks accountable, make things more transparent. And with these acts comes a great deal of burden on the corporation, right? Absolutely. From what I see in talking and working with different corporations, including banks and and large corporations, it's not so much that they're doing anything wrong. In fact, the vast majority of businesses out there are doing everything right. What it is is just because of what has happened and the outcry following the recession of you know the late 2000s, the laws are in place and they're now tightening the bolts down. And so they are holding corporations accountable. What that really means to a, a business, a corporation, is that they now can't have one of their VPs, for instance, of HR, just kind of make sure that we have certain policies in place that you know we look at every now and again and brush the dust off to make sure that they exist. What the government says is you need to have policies in place and you need to be doing a top-down model where you're saying everybody needs to be on board with not only the adoption of the policies and procedures and how do we make sure we're in compliance with these laws, but we need to be walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Well, let's step through this then. Can you give us an overview of what should be encompassed in a good corporate compliance program? The Department of Justice issues its guidelines for corporations to follow, and they've made it very clear that it has to start from the top. And what I mean by the top is that it's got to start from the board of directors. They have to set forth the policies and procedures that the corporation or the business needs to follow. Then from there, it really needs to trickle through the entire organization. You know, the senior management team needs to educate their employees They need to, you know, actually pull them out of their normal work environment and sit down and have classroom study, have reading material, even do testing. Every employee needs to know the importance of the cross-checking, the dotting the I's and the crossing the T's to make sure that they are in compliance with the laws. Because they are so technical, quite simply, many businesses find that it's not intentional violations that they're worried about. It's the little things. It's the failure to file a particular form. It's a failure to flag a suspicious activity, to file a suspicious activity report, for instance. If an employee is not aware of that, hasn't been trained on that, they won't see that and they won't flag it. And then that'll cause a big problem. What happens once you've established a solid education program? You need to monitor it. You can't just say, yep, we've done it. Here's their test results. 
everybody knows this stuff because we all know that times change, laws change, case law interpretations of the laws change. The corporation has to have a continuous monitoring system in place to make sure that their procedures and policies are still effective. Now, that could be an ongoing thing on a daily basis and then, uh, you know, sort of on a more periodic basis, like a monthly or quarterly report type basis that might be reported back to the board. Obviously, there are audits that are done with different types of businesses, not only from an internal audit within the corporation, but also governmental audits. You know, banking, for instance, it's required that at the supervising governmental organization, whether that be the OCC or the SEC, depending on which type of banking organization it is, or for instance, with a credit union, the NCUA, those governmental agencies will come in and do an audit on a yearly basis. And one of the things that they're going to look at is not only the financial stability, but the compliance program. They want to see that the policies are there, the procedures are there, they've been adopted properly, but also they've been implemented and that the people are actually doing the stuff that the policies say they're supposed to be doing. Compliance sounds like a full-time job in many cases. It absolutely is. And surprisingly, even large corporations, you know, multi-billion dollar international corporations, even up until just a few years ago, never had a compliance officer, you know, designated person that that's their job. Usually it was delegated to a, the human resources department. So you'd have a VP of human resources that would oversee the compliance program. And it was always a secondary type of consideration. Well, guess what? You know, the way that the Department of Justice is handling things, the way the Banking Act is approaching this, the compliance officers are now an actual position. It's a very important position. And many times it's, it's a position that's even reporting directly to senior management and is very actively involved in even board meeting. It's taken on a new life. And that obviously adds to the expense to a corporation. Can you talk to us about what types of corporations need to have the compliance programs in place? Well, obviously, from a banking standpoint, the Bank Secrecy Act, SEC regulations require just an enormous amount of regulations on banks. You know, obviously, that has to do with too big to fail type of attitude that we saw back in the late 2000s. The Bank Secrecy Act and the Dodd-Frank Act are really designed to get rid of that too big for fail. It's to create transparency within the banks. The Foreign Corrupt Practices Act is designed to eliminate the bribery of foreign officials to provide favorable relations and favorable uh, input towards a, a U.S. corporation. And it only governs United States corporations. So any business that transacts business or gets money in from foreign countries is going to be uh, subject to the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Let's talk about some of the things that alert a corporation to government inquiry. It can be from innocuous to extreme. Uh, you know, typically it would start from an audit standpoint. Usually it would be flagged with the governmental audit that's done typically on an annual basis. From there, it could lead into a, an additional investigation. Many times corporations would then do an, their own internal audit, which many times could be parlayed into self-reporting, which means that the corporation would take that burden of doing its internal audit on itself and then reporting that to the governmental agency in the hopes that that internal audit would satisfy the governmental agency that whatever the issue was is, can be dealt with appropriately. That's typically how you would see a uh, violation 
come through. Obviously, the more serious ones can come by way of a letter or subpoena from the government, from the Department of Justice or the SEC, about a bigger or a more egregious violation. What is the prevalence of government prosecution of a corporation? Is the government trigger-happy? It's certainly not along the lines of general crime that, you know, you open up any newspaper across the country and you're going to see pages of crimes that are being committed on the local level. But in terms of corporate crimes, yes, there has been an increase in prosecutions of corporations. But I think the difference or the biggest increase has been the the amount of fines that have been levied against the corporations. We haven't seen, you know, a skyrocketing increase of prosecution, meaning criminal prosecution of corporations, but the amount of fines levied against corporations for violations has gone up dramatically over the last several years. So here's where the rubber meets the road, Kevin. What is the corporation's first move after an inquiry from the government? Well, the critical component is to evaluate your situation. It depends on the letter that you receive, obviously. If you receive an inquiry not naming any particular individual as a potential target, and it's more of just a civil inquiry, then it's an evaluation process. What are they alleging that we did wrong? Let's look into this. If it's a serious issue and the corporation sees this as a long-term resolution type thing where they're going to be working either with or against the government, without question, you're going to want to bring in some kind of outside counsel. Typically, a larger corporation obviously is going to have a general counsel and a general counsel department. But because of the inherent conflict of interest that can exist in a situation like this, you almost always see the corporation go to somebody on the outside. So they'll bring in a law firm or a lawyer as outside counsel to create an attorney-client relationship between the organization and that attorney. Then that attorney or law firm can do its investigation of the corporation to determine what level of violation is there and what are the rights that they have and what the right process would be. So I'm the big cheese at a corporation. If I pick up the phone and call someone like you, Kevin, will you make all these problems go away? Well, hopefully it would be done in in a systematic way. Obviously, the attorney that you contact needs to get his or her hands around the situation. They have to learn your business. So it's going to require some time. They typically need to come in and sit down and talk to people, find out how things are run, review the policies that are in place, read board minutes, determine what was discussed, and then go further and deeper to see what the inherent problem is and how that should have been done differently. The outside counsel would then go back to the corporation and say, look, here's some problems. These are the areas that you lacked in. Now we got to decide, is this something that we want to go to the government and basically confess that we've made a mistake, but here's what we're going to do to change things. Doing that can lead to certainly fines and you know violations being rendered by the government, but a lot of times that will avoid further problems down the road. Well, thanks for bringing it all home for us, Kevin. We do appreciate it. Is there anything you want to say to wrap things up here on corporate compliance before we let you go? I don't think that this is a a temporary issue. I think that basically because these laws are in place to protect the public and because there's been such a large public outcry against corporations for uh, non-transparency, I think that these are going to be here to stay. And it's just the way of life. And we're just going to have to learn to live with it as a corporation. Kevin DeVore, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And thanks for enlightening us. We look forward to talking with you again soon here on U.S. Law Radio. 
Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. That's it, folks. We're out of time. U.S. Law Radio is produced by Alex Diaz. Send your comments and show ideas his way. He loves to hear from you. This edition of U.S. Law Radio has been brought to you by FCA Limited, forensic engineering and origin cause experts working nationwide since 1970. And by Ringler Associates. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided injured parties and their attorneys with the finest structured settlement services. This is Dan Walker. Thanks for listening in, folks, and we'll see you again next time for another fresh edition of U.S. Law Radio. Radio.